Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. I want to go to Leviticus chapter 14, verse 28. That's like the least likely book in the Bible to go into after doing everything and seeing how God did everything tonight because there's a lot of different rules and regulations and different procedures and processes that we find in this book that some people just kind of skip over. And for those that don't know, uh, maybe even watching online or maybe in person, um, if you have not been listening to the past two Sundays, we just started the second part of this fall semester that we are calling this God's Blueprint for a Spirit-Filled Life. In the first week, we talked about how we are called to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a chosen generation, and how God has called us to be both kings and priests and represent God to this world. And we've been looking at the priests that we find in the Bible. In the first week, Pastor Bobby preached on how we are called to be a royal priesthood. And then this past Sunday, Pastor CJ preached about how we are called to be consecrated. Can somebody say consecrated? Consecrated unto God. For those that don't know what consecration or consecrated means, that simply means to be separated unto God. And we're going to go a little deeper because we call these Wednesday nights our deeper services where we go deeper from what was taught on Sunday. But even if you didn't catch any of that, guess what? You're still going to be able to understand tonight. But I like to say it like this, right? When you think about consecration, separation, being set apart to be used by God, right? I like to think about who in here, like, you know, you have a big family or maybe at work, right? You put meals in the fridge, right? Or, and you write a name on that box. You write a name on a tag saying, this is my lunch. Nobody else should eat this, right? And isn't the worst whenever it's missing in your home or your kids ate something? It's like, that was my, I wrote that, right? I think in a similar way when it comes to our lives and our identity and who God has called us to be, that he has written his name in our hearts. He has filled us with his spirit. He has covered us by the blood. We are bought for a price. Okay, can, can I tell you something? You were not cheap. The blood of Jesus was poured out over 2,000 years ago in Calvary. And if you want to know the value of something, you know how you can tell the value of something? By the price that someone was willing to pay. And can I tell you something? Heaven went bankrupt to set you free and call you a son and daughter of God. And he has sealed you with his spirit. And what does that mean? That means that you are called to be separated. You are are his workmanship created for Christ to do good work, to point people to Jesus. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm already preaching right now. Somebody say, I'm consecrated. I'm set apart. That's why we live with conviction. That's why the grace of God empowers us to walk in different ways. Why? Because we're consecrated unto God. And what I want to look at tonight is this. Like pastors, CJ, we went in the book of Exodus, and we we looked at the processes that the, the priest in the Old Testament had to go through in order to be consecrated and be purified because the priests, they were responsible for fulfilling the task in the temple. That back in the Old Testament, right, even in the life of Jesus at the beginning, they have the temple, they have the tabernacle. That's where humanity would connect with divinity. That's where, you know, the presence of God was, and that's where people came and, 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 and offered sacrifices to God. But what I want to look at tonight is I want to look at this pastor's scripture. There's actually only one verse, and this is something I want us to focus in and talk about tonight and talk about how it's relevant for us. Leviticus chapter 14, verse 28, it says this, the priest will then apply 
some of the oil in his palm over the blood from the guilt offering that is on the lobe of the right ear, the thumb of the right hand, and get this, this is cracking me up, and the big toe of the right foot of the person being purified. I'm going to read that one more time. The priest, somebody say priest, will then apply some of the oil in his palm. Somebody say oil. Over the what? Blood from the guilt offering that is on the lobe of the right ear, the thumb on the right hand, and the big toe on the right foot of the person being purified. This was part of the consecration and purification process that the priest had to go through. And this is what this symbolized, right? Because it's a little odd, right? It's like, oh, right ear lobe, right thumb, right big toe. Like, what's up with all that? It was symbolic, and it was a representation how the priest would be able to hear from God, work for God, and walk with God. And in the same way, can I tell you something? That God has consecrated. He has separated you apart so that way you can hear from him, you can work for God, and you can walk with him day by day. Is anybody ready to walk with the Lord? Is anybody ready to hear from God? Is anybody ready to work? Whatever you put your hand to, do it as unto God. You can do it every single day. Why? Because you're covered. Somebody say, I'm covered. I'm covered. Tonight, I want to talk about hearing, working, and walking with God. Simple message. We may not even be here long at all, but can we just go ahead and pray? Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your presence that's in this building. We just pray that people would be built up and encouraged, Lord, that they would walk out different than the way that they came in. Even those that are watching online, Lord Jesus, have your way today in Jesus' name. And somebody said, come on, somebody said, come on, let's go ahead and give Jesus a shout of praise one more time in this building. Thank you, Lord. And after you've done that, you can go ahead and be seated. Thank you for standing. Thank you for standing. Now, this week, um, a couple things happened, right? First of all, um, my wife, Brooklyn, she had the flu, and I was sick before that. And she's good, doing better now. I just told her to stay and, and you know, get some rest and everything like that. And we're praying for those, you know, that are watching online that may be underneath, you know, feeling bad or whatever. But I was taking care of some things from Brooklyn, and I was, I was going to the store, and thank God somebody even offered to bring by some tamales, y'all. Like, who loves some tamales, right? And um, they brought by some tamales. They didn't even know, you know, what was going on. And they said, hey, I want to come and just bring you some tamales real quick. So I was like, all right. And uh, I can't say no to that, love some tamales, especially when it gets colder and everything. And, and whenever I got some tamales, um, that was given to us, one of the things that my wife asked to, to put next to the tamales was ketchup. Come on, who in here has, like, tamale? Okay, that's, I, I, I can't do that. I can't do that. I do green sauce, okay? Green sauce with the tamales. I cannot do ketchup, right? There's some things that don't mix. And then also, I went out, because I'm an amazing husband, I think. I got, a, I got her one of this little... It's like a $4 olive oil holder right here. And I got this and put some oil in it, put it in the kitchen and everything. And, uh, you know, as we read this scripture and everything, you may be saying, Caleb, why do we have ketchup and, and, and oil on the stage right now, right? Because I wasn't willing to, to go to the blood bank, bank to get some blood 
to put in this bowl, you know, because what we find in the scripture, right, is there were two things that were mixed together, right? Uh, there was blood, and we'll say that this right here is the blood, right? And, and, and then this right here, we'll say was the oil. Can somebody say oil? Can somebody say ketchup or blood, right? And I think it was just odd to see how those two things were mixed together, right? They were mixed together. And I mixed this together earlier at home, and I was like, these do not mix well, right? Like, there's certain things, right, that shouldn't be mixed together that maybe don't go together. Like, for me, tamales, ketchup. Don't like that, okay? Pizza and ranch. Where are those people? I, I don't understand you, okay? Okay, pineapple, pineapple and pizza. Anybody? That anybody? Okay, okay. I like that. I like that. Give me some Domino's pizza, flat crust, get some pineapple on the pizza. I like that, right? But I was thinking to myself, what an odd combination, right, to get ketchup. I hope it doesn't make one of those sounds. You know what I'm talking about? The fart sound right there, just boom. Where's all the immature, all the immature people would laugh at? Just kidding, right? So we got some ketchup, or we'll say that's blood. And we got, oh, look at that. Got some oil right here, and we, we mix it up. And, and they, they would essentially, they would pour the oil, but they would put the blood on there and they would mix it up. Okay, who in here for the illustration? Who wants to? Who in here wants to be covered with some of this right now on the right ear? I need one person for the right ear lobe, right thumb. I'm just kidding. I would not do that. Raymond, I was about to say we're not doing that tonight, y'all. Just if you really wanted to remember this sermon or this point, you we would do that. Okay, but I was thinking to myself, man, what an odd combination. They would mix oil with the blood, and when you begin to look at scripture, you'll discover and you'll find out that blood and oil are symbolic. They represent something. We see oil and blood all throughout the Bible. And blood, we know it represents life. Somebody say life. Come on, anybody ever given blood before? When you go to the blood bank, when you go to South Texas Blood and Tissue, right, they say give blood, save lives. Give life. Because life is in the blood. The Bible says that life is found in the blood, that when you're losing blood, you are losing your life. And then there was oil. Somebody say oil. And that was representing the spirit of God, the anointing, the presence of God. So we had oil. That's what it represented, right? David, he was anointed by oil, right? And then we had blood. And it had to cover the priest representing how they could hear from God, work for God, and walk with God. And thinking about things that don't make sense to mix together or, or to, to combine together, I was thinking about this person. You may know his name. He's pretty famous, probably the most famous, well-known, popular person, most hated and most loved person in all of human history, Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. I was thinking to myself, man, what an odd combination, because when you think about the makeup, when you think about who Jesus is and, 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 and what he did, so you need to understand this, Jesus, it was like a, a, a paradox. It was like completely ironic, because here's the thing, he was, we believe here at Riverside Church, he wasn't just a regular man. He wasn't just a good person that had good morals and good teachings. He wasn't just a prophet, but he was the son of God. He was God in the flesh. He was God incarnate, fully God and fully man. 
100% man and 100% God. Anybody believe that Jesus is Lord? Come on, does anybody believe that Jesus is God in the flesh? The Bible says that he is the visible image of an invisible God. And it doesn't really make sense, right, when you think about who Jesus is, right? But here's the thing, and this is the genius of God. See, because a sacrifice, Jesus was the lamb slaughtered on the foundations of the earth, the Bible says, right? See, blood, see, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. That means that wherever there is sin, a price has to be paid. Blood has to be poured out. And that's why they would bring animals and they would sacrifice them at the temple. And think about this for a second. I don't know if you know this or not. Did you know that there's one requirement when it comes to a baby being conceived and being born that has to take place from both parties? One of them being from the father. Blood, blood has to come from the father. The blood, see, and it gets mixed, and a baby gets born. And here's what's crazy when you think about Jesus, right? Jesus was born of a virgin, the Virgin Mary. He, she was overshadowed by the, the Spirit of God. See, you need to understand this. Jesus and his blood was priceless. Jesus' blood did not come from here on this earth. The blood of Jesus came straight from heaven, his blood, see, he was sinless. He was perfect. There was nobody else like him. There was something powerful about the blood of Jesus. Come on, who in here believes that there is power in the blood? We're washed by the blood, that there is no sickness too big for the blood, that there is no devil too big for the blood, that cancer is not too big for the blood of Jesus, that the blood of Jesus covers us. Somebody say there's power in the blood. So he carried the blood, but also he was filled with the Spirit, almost like together, right? It, 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 he, he was filled. See, the Bible even says, I'm getting ahead of myself, but he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was empowered by the Holy Spirit. He carried authority, and that's why Jesus was able to do what he could do, because he was filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's how he was able to heal disease. That's how he was able to cast out demons. That's how he was able to do everything that he could do, because he was filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit, and he was he was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. And here's the thing. If Jesus wasn't 100% man, he couldn't die. And if he wasn't 100% God, that means the price that he paid wouldn't have been sufficient for our salvation. He had to be both, 100% man and 100% God, so that way he could die, and also the price that he paid would be enough for us to be saved. And if, think about this, I'm just, I'm just, it came to me. If Jesus just came straight from heaven, who knows that many of us would probably say, he doesn't get me. He doesn't understand me. He doesn't know what it's like to be human, right? But the Bible says that we do not serve a high priest who is, he does not sympathize with our weaknesses. In other words, Jesus can understand and relate to everything that we've been through. But then if Jesus came straight from Mary and Joseph, we'd probably say, what makes him so special? What makes him so different? So in the genius of God, blood, spirit, human, 
Spirit worked and combined and were put together. Come on, who believes that that's powerful? Who knows that's amazing? That Jesus, he was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. See, there is power in the blood. There is power in the spirit of God. And the priest had to be covered. They would sprinkle that blood in all different places within the temple, within the tabernacle. They would sprinkle it all over. There is life in the blood. I think of Abel. Whenever Cain killed Abel, it says that God, God, he heard the blood of Abel crying out to him because he was dead, but life was still in the blood. And I believe that even when we fall short, even when we sin, who believes that the blood of Jesus is covering and crying out, saying they're covered, they're forgiven? Come on, that's amazing, right? So think about this for a second, because I know I'm teaching right now. This is making sense to somebody. So Jesus, when he poured out his blood on Calvary, he did it so that way you could be covered and you could be cleansed. But that wasn't enough. I mean, it was enough. But God didn't want you just to survive. God wanted his people and his church to thrive. So what he did was he said, you know what? The spirit that I'm carrying, I'm not going to restrict this and keep this just to myself. But 40, get this, Jesus died, rose, and then for 40 days, he's teaching with 500 other of his disciples. He is talking to them, and he tells them, I want you to go to Jerusalem and wait. For 40 days, he's with them. He tells them to wait, and they're there for 10 days. And then on the day of Pentecost, and for those that are afraid of that word Pentecost, don't be afraid because that word simply means, if you look into it in the Greek, it literally means 50 because it was 50 days after Jesus died and rose from the dead, right? 50, Pente, right? Pentagon, five, five sides, right? Just make, okay. So 50 days, and they were waiting there. And it says that the Spirit of God came and was poured out and empowered them. And it took somebody like Peter, who before that denied Jesus on three separate occasions, right? Even to a little lowly girl. And he cursed and he said, I don't know who that man is. And Jesus made eye contact with Peter. And that same Peter that was not filled with the Spirit yet denied Jesus on the day of Pentecost, he comes out and he preaches, and then 3,000 people are saved and baptized. Why? Because he was empowered by the Spirit of God. Oh, come on, somebody. Who believes? Come on. That's why the Bible says the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells inside of us. And now we are temples of the Holy Spirit. We were once dead in our sin, but now we become temples of the Holy Spirit because the blood, oh, get this, the blood of Jesus has covered us. And when the blood covered us, that gave way for the Spirit of God to cover us because they have to mix together. Oh, come on, somebody, that just came to me. We cannot be filled with the Spirit unless we're covered by the blood. Oh, come on, somebody. I want that to sit and soak for just a second. See, because we believe that when you place your faith in Jesus, that the Spirit of God makes a home in your heart. 
that you carry the presence of God. But even then, I believe there's a difference between having the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit having you and being filled with the Spirit. But when we place our faith in Jesus, we become a royal priesthood, a royal priesthood, and just like the priest had to be covered by the blood and by the oil, guess what? We are covered by the blood and by the Spirit of God. Can we thank him for that? Just come on. Can we thank him for that? Oh, come on, somebody. It had to go on the ear, the thumb, and the right big toe. I, I, don't, I don't know exactly fully why, but I believe that the right side, it represents authority. Because the Bible even says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. What does that mean? Does that mean that Jesus is like tiny little small right here and then we have a big guy with a big beard? No, 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 no. That was symbolic and that was representing authority. He was seated in a place of authority. In the same way, God was transferring the authority of God to the priest. Just like, guess what? You have authority. We can hear from God. We can walk with God. We can work with God. And guess what? I believe also because God was equipping the priest to do the work of the Lord. Just like this, God wants to equip, and he has equipped you to do his work. Come on, who, who's ever heard it before that we are the hands and feet of Jesus, right? Well, come on, who believes that the body of Christ, we're the body of Christ? It says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, it says, all of you, somebody say all of us, we are Christ's body. We are each a part of it. Come on, there are some things, y'all, we pray about, right? That like, oh God, feed the homeless. God, God, touch, God, uh, to, to, to bring provision in their life. But could it be possible that God wants to use you to be the answer to that prayer as the hands and feet of God, that you are covered and God wants to equip you? Because can I tell you something? You have everything you need. If you have Jesus in your life, if you have the Spirit of God in your life, God has equipped you with everything that you need to do his work and will on the earth. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all these things shall be added unto you. Can we thank God for that tonight? Y'all pray for my voice, y'all. I don't know what's going on, but it's all good. What I want to do tonight real quick, and that's so good, when we mix the blood with the oil, we are equipped. I want to talk about three things tonight, and it's this. I want to talk about what each of these represent and talk about how we can practically walk this out on a day-to-day -day basis. If you're taking notes, you can write this down or just follow along. The first thing I want to talk about tonight is this, how the ear represents hearing from God. How we as priests, we can hear from God. Oh, come on. The question isn't, is God speaking? That's not the question. I believe the question is, are we listening? Jesus said, my sheep know me. They, they know my voice, right? The Bible even says, I love this verse right here. In John chapter 8, verse 47, he says, he who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. Now, I'm not saying tonight that 
if you haven't heard God in an audible voice saying, Caleb, you know, like that you're not from God. Am I saying that? Because God, guess what? God speaks in a number of different ways. First of all, for those that say don't, God doesn't speak, they probably haven't read their Bible. Because every time that you open up the word of God, he speaks to you through his written word. Oh, come on. But who also believes that he can speak to us through his spirit, right? Through, through the leading, through the nudging of his spirit in our lives. That's why I can go into other things. I believe that God can even speak through people. Do people in authority, I think of Samuel. Samuel was a priest, right? Samuel, not only did he become a priest, but he was also a prophet. He was also a judge for a short period of time. He went through the process that we just read about. And one night when he's sleeping, right, Eli the priest, he, he's like, he's, he, he's under his tutelage. He's under his teaching. Sam, Samuel's underneath Eli. And Samuel gets woken up in the middle of the night. And he goes to Eli saying, hey, did you call me? No, I didn't call you. He goes back to sleep, right? And then he gets up, like some of us, we hit the alarm. With, anybody got multiple alarms, right? You hit it. And then again, he hears the voice, and he gets up. He goes to Eli, hey, did, did you call me? No, 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 I didn't call you. Okay, okay. Goes back to sleep. The third time, right, he goes, and Eli says, man, you're hearing from God. Oh, man, I, I, I try to help you parents out, y'all. I preached from that passage of Scripture a couple weeks ago. You know what I told the youth? I said, when God starts speaking to you many times, he will sound like a teacher or someone in authority in your life. So I said, be sure, sometimes, right, because that's what happened with Samuel. I said, be sure that you honor and respect your parents and authority over you, even your teachers, because if you don't listen to them, what makes you think that you're going to listen to God? Oh, come on, somebody. I'm trying to help you out. I'm trying. We're trying. God's got him, okay? But, but the third time he said, no, 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 that was God. And that's when Samuel says, your servant is listening. I, I, I'm listening to what you're saying, that God wants to speak. Through. I remember this one time, y'all. I, I, was, I was right here in the back in this left corner right here, and I was young because Samuel was young too, right, that God can speak to us. I could probably tell you so many stories of how God can speak to us in our lives, but I was right here in this corner, y'all, and, and I was younger. I was probably in middle school, and whenever I was right there standing God was just moving in a mighty way, kind of like how it was earlier in the service, and, and, and the Spirit of God was moving. And all of a sudden, my friends, they were right next to me, and they weren't paying attention. They were joking around. They were on their phones. And all of a sudden, I, 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 I heard this voice, this inner voice say, stand up and worship. Stand up and worship. And at first, like, man, they're, they're playing around. And I was allowing them to influence me, and I heard again, stand up and worship. So I stood up, and I worshiped, and I kid you not, man, I, had, I felt the presence of God so strong. And all of a sudden, I heard another voice tell me, the same voice said, you see that man in the front? I want you to go to him. I know this may sound crazy. This is one of those churches, right? We leave the, the gifts of the Spirit moving. It's not crazy. It's God, okay? And, he's, and, 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 and he said, the Spirit said, I want you to go to him and tell him this, that he's going to get good sleep at night and his kids are going to be taken care of. And at first I was like, I'm not doing that. That sounds a little cray-cray, right? Like, what if I'm wrong, right? And sometimes all we do, we say, what if we're wrong? What if, guess what? 
If we're wrong, we're wrong. At least we tried. At least we tried. Failure isn't final. Failure is formative. We, and, and God's spirit will never contradict with his word as well. I can go into all that, but we're not. So I went up to that person, and I said, sir, God told me to tell you that you're going to get sleep at night. Because there's a scripture for that, too, that God gives sleep to those that he loves. And I said, you're going to get sleep at night and that your kids are going to be taken care of. And all of a sudden, his face, his disposition, broke down and started crying. Started crying. Embraced me with a hug. He said, you have no idea how much I needed to hear that. Because I lost my job. I haven't been getting sleep at night. And I've been wondering how I'm going to provide for my kids. God spoke to him. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not perfect. Oh, I was a, I was a middle school kid, y'all. What makes us think that God doesn't want to speak to you and use you in your life? God touched him. God ministered. Why? Because I understood. I'm a priest. I'm covered by the blood. I'm filled with the spirit. And God wants to use me. He wants to speak to me. He wants to lead me in my life. Oh, come on. Do we have any people that want to hear from God in their lives? That want to be obedient to that? The next thing I want to talk about tonight is this, how the hand represents working for God. Somebody say working for God. I heard it said earlier this week from someone, they said, if you spend like, half of your life doing something, right, in your career or wherever you're working at, right? If you spend, like, more than half, like, a, long, a big period, do you think that God doesn't care about that? God does care about that. If you care about something, God cares about it as well. But can I tell you something? When we work, it's not just, I thank God for, for all the serve team and the people that work and that labor. The, the, the harvest is plenty, y'all. God's been doing great things, and God's sending the laborers. And if you want to serve and be part of what God is doing, guess what? It is never too late to serve on the serve team. You can sign up to be part of a department. Can we thank God for our serve team? Even if you want to serve once a month or whatever, that's up to you. My dad's always told me like this. He said, Make sure, when you have the work of God in your hands, you'll have the work of God in your heart. He always told me, whatever you have in your hands, you'll have in your heart. So I grew up just serving, working here at the church. But can I tell you something? God wants to be glorified through your work. But not just your work here at church. Can I tell you some more, something real quick? God wants to be glorified in your industry, in your field, in your career, where you do things with excellence, where you don't clap back and give an attitude to that person that gets on your nerves, but you say, whatever I put my hand to, I'm doing it unto God. He has anointed my hands. God can't anoint you in your life. I think about, I mean, I just think about Jesus. How, I've always wanted to see, like, what his carpentry looked like, y'all. Can you just imagine probably the pride he took? I bet you those chairs, they're probably still somewhere today over there in Israel or something like that. But, but again, he had his calling, but he also had his career. But I guarantee you, whatever he did, he did it unto his father. He did it unto God. And God cares about it. God cares about it. And God, can I tell you something, too, for somebody I feel this? For those that are praying for the right career 
or for the right workplace, God can even lead you to the right place. He can. Oh, man, a couple stories come on mind right now. I'll tell this first story. So I was in probably 11th grade. I was going into 11th grade, and I signed up for the work program, and I needed a job. And we're on vacation with my family, and, and I was like, I need a job, I need a job. And, and, and my dad asked me a question. He said, son, have you prayed about it? I'm going to be honest. I was like, nope, I haven't prayed about a job. Because here's the thing, I didn't want to just have any job. I wanted to have a job where I could still serve at church because I was in the parking lot. I did parking lot for like, like nearly eight to ten years here before I even touched the microphone or anything. I loved it. I, sometimes I just want to go back out there and just go, you know, trade positions, right? Like, it's so much easier. And I'm just kidding. No, it's great. Can we thank God for the parking lot team? And I was like, man, like, I need a job for this. So my dad said, you know what? We're going to pray right now. So we prayed. And I kid you not, we're on vacation. It's summertime. The next day, I get a phone call from a school that is looking for a student worker. They called us, and they said, hey, we saw Caleb was in the work program. If he doesn't have a job, we think he would be great working here because I went there for one year whenever we moved, whenever I was in fifth grade. And it was the hours and everything was perfect. And I literally walked in, y'all. They hired me on the spot. It was amazing, right? And, and I was able to, even then, y'all, I was able to minister to people. I have some, like, there's so many older ladies there that I'm still friends with. I think, I, I love them. They're amazing. I, I was able to invite people to church. I was, in fact, that's how I even met, like, Alicia and her family. Because I was, I was in the library. I was in the library putting away books. And I don't want to get onto it, but I pretty much put all the books away. The library didn't really do nothing. I did, like, all the books and I would have, like, worship music on, and I would just be putting those books up, putting everything, organizing it, and because that's what I was just taught from my father. Whatever you do, do it as unto God. And one day I bump into her sister, who's a PK. God gets us, gets us connected, and it's awesome to see how God works. I think of another story, Dad, of this gentleman years ago when this, when this building was just a shell, and this building was like, I mean, guys, we literally, when we first moved in this location with 25 people, we had, like, no paint on the walls, no AC. Like, it was just bare bones. People would bring their ice chest to church because it would get that hot. Now it gets really cold, right? You know what I mean? It's, it's hard to find the right temperature in a warehouse. Let me just tell you that right now, okay? But God's given us a new facility. He's building it perfect timing, okay? But one day my dad was here, y'all, because he worked a full-time job. He was a father, and he was doing what he can to get the church going, and, and he got started. He was painting the ceiling, and he, and he got started, and all of a sudden, he has this phone call from this, this man in our church. He said, hey, pastor, what are you up to? And he said, oh, just, just working at the church. And he said, can I talk to you about something real quick? And he said, he said, I just got let, let go from my job. I just got let go from my job, and I don't know what to do. And, and can I just come and just help you out and just, 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 just work alongside you? And he, sa he said, yeah. He's like, he's like, what are you doing right now? And he said, oh, I'm painting the ceiling. He said, oh, you know I'm a painter, right? That's what I got fired from. So he comes to this church, and he's painting the ceiling, and, and, and he's helping my father. And then it's getting late, and my father says, you know, hey, I'm here. Let's, let's stay here all night. Let's get this done. It was only like one person's job, right? And the gentleman says, no, 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 Pastor. 
you go home and get some rest, right? My dad was probably getting ready to preach that weekend. He said, I'll take care of it. So he was here throughout the whole night. He lost his job. He still had the work of God in his hand. He was doing it, painting. And my dad gets here, literally, all night. He sh- my dad shows up. He's, he's, he's about to be done. And he finishes up. He gets down from the ladder. And as soon as he gets down from the ladder, he gets a phone call. It's from his employer that just fired him. And guess what? They said, we actually want to rehire you, and we want to give you a raise. Oh, come on, somebody. Because God cares about it. God cares about it. He cares. And, and God can anoint you wherever you are and what you're doing. Because guess what? And it's so that way he can be glorified. It's so that way the name of Jesus can be lifted up. Oh, come on. Can we thank God? Come on. Can we thank God? Somebody say working for God. I feel like an old man up here just telling y'all stories right now with my voice like this. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you, Dad. I can always count on my father right here. When you take care of God's business, he'll take care of your business. Amen? Amen. Next thing I want to talk about is this. And worse than me, go ahead and come up. Talk about the foot. <laughs> And how that represented walking with God. Walking with God. You know, um, I think about, there's so many things I could say, but i got to be aware of time and stuff. But me and Brooklyn right now, we're actually getting ready because one of my lifelong dreams, y'all, to, is, is to, to go and experience Disney World, okay? I'm like about to be 25. I'm about to be 25. And I've been wanting to go experience Disney World and give Mickey Mouse a big hug, okay? That's what I want to do. I want to wear the ears. I want to go on the Dumbo ride. I want to do all this, okay? But there's one thing that we have to prepare for, okay? We, like, there's a lot of walking, I was told, from her family, right? So they're giving us an opportunity. We're, I'm super excited to go. So me and Brooklyn, we've been walking around the track because, at, at, you know, at the gym, we've been walking around. We'll get to running eventually, but we're walking right now. My wife, Brooklyn, for those who don't know, but, like, we were walking around the track, and because and, 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 I was told from my uncle, he said, oh, he said, boy, you better get ready if you're going to Disney because you got to walk. And I was like, why? He said, because you can get the Disney rash. I was like, the Disney rash? He said, yeah, look it up. It's a real thing. They just came from Disney. He said, it, it's whenever you, you, your body's not used to walking so much because you walk so much at Disney. And you get swelled up, and you get rash and pimples and all this stuff. And he said, mostly pregnant women get it, but I got it when I was there because I don't do a whole lot of walking. But here's what I love about walking, y'all, walking with my wife, is as I walk with her, and, and, and as I walk with her, I also talk with her, and, and we, get to, we get to walk alongside. And there's just something special about just walking along someone. There's just something especially someone that you love. And you, we begin to talk, and we begin to, begin to dream, and we begin to get to know each other more. And I begin to think to myself, man, how much do we need to walk with God day by day? We need to walk with him day by day. We don't need to try to get ahead of him, because that's what many of us do. We get ahead of God, right? Or, 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 or God 
is ahead of us saying, come on, come on, walk with me. No, not that direction. Come over here. You know what I mean? Like, but I, I think God wants to, to walk with us day by day. Some people say, man, how, I, I want to live for God, but, but I, I can't imagine living for God for the next 10 years. Just think about living for God day by day, hour by hour, walking with him. Adam, the Bible says, that he would walk, right? He would walk with God, right? Enoch walked with God, and God would come and talk to Adam in the middle of the day. They would talk in the midst of the day, in the midst of the garden. And that's what we lost when Adam fell, when he fell short with Eve, when we, he got off track and he went and did the one thing. Can you imagine having one commandment, right? Don't eat of that tree. Everything else, eat it all. He went, boom, and then God comes. Get this. And the God, the creator of the heavens and earth, the universe, he comes in after Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit. Sin entered into humanity. And he says, Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? In other words, I, I used to walk with you, Adam. I, I, you know, I, I come out during this time, right? We, we talk together. We, we do life together. A Adam, where are you? I, I don't think he was really talking about physical location because I, God is God, right? He knows where he is, right? I believe he was talking about spiritual orientation. His spirit died. Adam, Adam, where are you? I wonder, y'all, if we've forgotten and we've lost the art of walking with God day by day. Because God wants to walk with you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to work through you. God, he wants to do amazing things in your life. The Bible says exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask, think, or imagine, according to the power that is at work within you. God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. God can turn all those bad things around, and he wants to use you to bring glory to him. But we have to be like the priests and understand our responsibility. We're covered by the blood of Jesus. We're filled with the Spirit and we can hear from God. We can work for him. We can, I mean, think about that for a second, right? Think, we have direct access to God. Direct access to God. The lamb has already been slain. The veil has been torn. Now God's saying, come on, come on. Walk with me. Talk with me. Do life with me. Come on, come on. Stand to your feet this Wednesday evening. Hmm. I think of this song, y'all, just in, for anybody, these, these people that know these old, these old hymns and everything, I think about this song, and I was singing this song before service, and I was just praying and praying in the Spirit. I felt God's presence. And it goes like this. It says, you walk with me. You talk with me. It tells me. Come on. I sing so bad, y'all. So you can sing right here behind me. Come on. I just want you to sing this out before we leave. Come on, his presence is here. Come on, even at home. I just want you to sing this. Come on. Come on, maybe you've been straying away. You've been doing all, you're carrying this weight. He wants to walk with you tonight. Come on, I know this is, come on. 
Let's sing it again right now in this place. His presence is here. He walks with me and he talks with me. He tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Come on, can you thank him for that? Can you thank him for how he speaks, how he works, how he walks with you? Can I pray with you before we leave? I feel God's presence. He is so good. He is so good. He is so good. Come on, if you've been walking the wrong direction, can I tell you something real quick? All it takes to get back on track is taking one step to get right back on track. That's repentance, right? We're going one way. And we turn the other direction. Repent. It's a change of mind. I, I want to give somebody an opportunity tonight just to, to, to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, to walk with him. Come on, I want to pray over you tonight that you begin to hear the voice of God, that whatever you do at work, that God would give you favor at your work, and, and, and that you begin to walk with him day by day. Come on, let me pray over you. Lord Jesus, right now, I just pray over every family over every husband, over every mother, God, over every wife. I pray right now, even over every child, Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that we are covered by the blood. We thank you, Lord, that our sins are forgiven. We thank you, Lord, that we are empowered by your spirit, that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We thank you, Lord Jesus, right now that you paid the price, that we are a royal priesthood. So I pray right now that you would cover every individual right now in the name of Jesus, that they would be sensitive to your voice, they would be sensitive to the leading of your Holy Spirit and the promptings of God. We thank you, Lord, right now, and I pray right now for favor, God. Let favor, God, let favor, God, reside not only with you, but also with man. Let them have favor on the workplace, Lord. Let them, God, right now, even promotions, Lord, elevation, Lord, do it. But whenever we happens, Lord, we're going to point to you, Jesus, and say it's all because of you, Lord. I work for you, Jesus. Right now, we make you our boss. We make you our CEO. We worship you. We work for you. And we pray, Lord, that we would have the, the faith, the endurance to walk every single day. Walk every single day with you, Lord. We can't even walk, Lord. We can't walk without holding your hand. We need you. Come on, cry out. Cry out. Just worship him. Just praise him. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.